Welcome to another broadcast of Hope for the Heart. My name is William Rogers. I'll be bringing the message today out of the book of Revelation. And again, I am uh, in Revelation chapter 16, and today the passage will be verses 8 through 11, if I can get that far. So I invite you to take a copy of God's Word and uh, follow along as I read these to you. I will begin in verse 8 of chapter 16. Revelation chapter 16, verse 8. The Word of God reads in verse 8, And the fourth angel poured out his bowl upon the sun, and it was given to it to scorch men with fire. And the men were scorched with fierce heat, and they blasphemed the name of God, who has the power over these plagues, and they did not repent, so as to give him glory. And the fifth angel poured out his bowl upon the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became darkened. And they gnawed their tongues because of the pain, and they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pain and their sores, and they did not repent of their deeds." I tell you, that's a, that's a frightening thing to, to see that. I've often wondered, what does it take to get people to repent? In fact, I'm, the main subject of what I'm speaking of, about today is the people on earth do not repent. Well, what would it take, think about this, what would it take for the people to repent? For all that they're going through on earth, what would it take for them to actually bow down and confess and ask God, uh, claim His forgiveness? What would it take? Would it take 21 more judgments? Well, I think we're going to take a look at this and and see some things. And, of course, I'm not going to be able to exhaustively cover all of this. But we've been approaching this uh, seven bowls of wrath, which is the last in the the whole uh, 21 series of of, of wrath that God is pouring out during the Great Tribulation period. Uh, Actually, during the whole set tribulation period, these are at the, the last half of the tribulation period. And we noticed last time that this is just before the second coming of Christ. And so these last plagues, they involve uh, the ulcerated sores on men turn the sea into blood, the rivers and waters turn to blood, the, suns become, the sun becomes scor- scorchingly hot, the whole world becomes dark, the Euphrates River dries up, and the pollution of the air and the accompanying terrors in nature, the thunder, the great earthquake... Uh, the greatest in, in, in the history of the world, lightning and hail. And these are the things that these uh, bold judgments are going to cover. And we said last week, and we began to compare these with uh, the plagues found in the book of Exodus, and also with the trumpet judgments in, in earlier in this book of Revelation. And many of the trumpet judgments were were partial, but now they're completely inundating the entire world in total disaster. Uh, For example, in the trumpet judgments, we saw one-third of the rivers and trees and and things that were affected. Now we're going to see all of it. And so we've uh, approached this, and we began to to look at the first three bowls and uh, covered that last week. So today we're going to begin looking at the fourth bowl. Of judgment, and as we said, these bowls are kind of like saucers, and they tend to uh, typify for us the quickness and the severity of these, and the, the of being able to just pour these bowls out. And so, we really can't imagine what this is, but the view that we have here in chapter sixteen is the view from heaven. We're not seeing uh, the actual results on earth, but the view from heaven is telling us what it's going to do for earth. We don't know what it would be like on earth. It's going to be a terrible, terrible time. So these plagues 
are very similar to the ones that, that were involved in the, the, the releasing the Israel from the nation of Egypt and in the book of Exodus, but they are far, far worse. And so when we're looking at these, we've noticed uh, several things last week that I just want to draw your attention to, and that is the, the fact that this is coming from, in verse 1, this loud voice, it says, from the temple, saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the seven bowls of wrath of God onto the earth. Now this is not just an angel bringing word that this is what God desires and this is what God wants and this is an angel speaking. This, I believe, is the actual voice of God as he speaks out in heaven and gives not only permission but grants the, the, the angels time to go ahead and do this. The first angel went and he poured out his bowl and the earth, and it became loathsome and malignant sores upon men who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped the image. I think this is a frightening thing because I, during the, the, the tribulation period, the, the mark of the beast is going to be a mark that is going to symbolize for the beast and the false prophet uh, allegiance. It's going to symbolize loyalty and a worshipping of that. In fact, we looked at last time, Revelation chapter 13 gives us a pretty good image of this when it says, and it was given to him, uh, Satan, uh, the, the, or the, the Antichrist, to war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. And then it says in verse 8 of Revelation chapter 13, uh, a very frightening passage, uh, and all who dwell on the earth will worship him, meaning the beast and the false prophet, Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the Lamb's book of life. So, this, is, uh, this tells us that every single person that's not a believer or will be a believer is going to worship the beast and the Antichrist. Now, we also saw in Revelation chapter 13 where they are given a mark. They are told they must have this mark. In verse 15 of chapter 13, it says, And there was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast, and the image of the beast might even speak, and cause as many as do not worship the image to be killed. So they will be forced into this mark. And then in verse 16, it says, And he causes all, uh, small and great, rich and poor and free and slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And we has been come known, it has been known throughout all the, the many, many years, I know in me teaching prophecy and others, it's called just the mark of the beast. Uh, and that mark of the beast will be given to all of these people. And then it says, and he provides with that mark that no one should be able to buy, sell, or trade except the one who has the mark. Uh, and so that is a probably going to be a welcome thing because... When you think about the conditions of the world during that time, it is going to be probably very confusing. It's going to be uh, a, a very tremendously dangerous place to be living because we know that even under the first four seals of the book of Revelation chapter 6, people are fighting one another. It's a, extremely angry. But more than that, there is the famine that sweeps through the earth, and there is death and sickness uh, the the plagues that are there, along with the judgments that the beast and the false prophet present, along with the judgments that the two witnesses present. Remember, they have the power to stop the rain. So there's going to be a lot of 
uh, agony on the earth. There's going to be a lot of, of uh, thirst. There's going to be a lot of need for, for food and medicines and attention. And so with that comes this mark that is going to provide relief that they can actually buy and sell food. They'll be able to trade and possibly be able to survive. Because I think one of the things the Antichrist is going to do is convince the world that he is their savior. He is, he is the one to look to for help. And so during that time, they're going to receive that mark. But the very mark they receive showing allegiance to the beast is going to be their demise. That is going to be the very mark that is going to mark them for judgment. They have no idea that when they receive that mark, yeah, they're going to be able to buy and sell and possibly get food, maybe even water to drink, and they may even be able to get a doctor. We don't know what all that's going to provide. But that very mark they're given, the mark of the beast, is going to present other problems, like Revelation chapter 16 Verse 2, listen to this again. The first angel went out and poured out his bowl unto the earth, and it became a malignant sore upon men who had received that mark of the beast and who had worshipped his image. Well, we know they worshipped the image because they're unbelievers and they received the mark, so we know they worshipped. And that is going to be the final, I guess you would say, the nail in the coffin because they can't be saved at this point. They cannot be saved at this point, which is another frightening thing. And listen to Revelation chapter 20. In Revelation chapter 20, it says, I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given to them, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God. And those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark upon their forehead and upon their hand, they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. And now what that tells me is that those who did have the mark are the opposite of that that is found in Revelation 20, verse 4. In other words, they did receive the mark. They did worship the beast. So they are not going to be able to be saved. And they are not going to reign and rule with Christ during the the millennial reign. I tell you, folks, it's going to be a very terrible time on the earth for the people. And then you come along with these seven bold judgments that are going to happen rapid fire like this. And we we saw the first one. It's going to be a a terrible time as that first bowl is poured out. Uh, These sores are running uh, like a sore or a cancer, anything like that. It's called a loathsome, foul, bad. We We looked at these words last time. You can look them up. Malignant, wretched, growing, incurable, uh, and, and we we know that that is going to be a just a terrible, painful experience for these people. And yet, just as quick as that happens, then the second angel pours out his bowl unto the sea, and we saw that that becomes uh, blood like blood, thick and terrible. Everything in the sea dies, and then before that can even be. Uh, digested or or realized, I should say, not digested, but realized, then verse 4 happens, and that's the third uh, angel pours out his bowl upon the rivers and the springs of water, and they become blood. So not only is the salt water contaminated, now the fresh water is all contaminated. And it's not just one-third like the trumpet judgments. This is all of them are now contaminated. And so you can see... And just you can visualize, it doesn't take much to visualize how quick 
and problematic this would be for the earth, how confusing it would be. If there's any possible electricity and any possible broadcast of any kind, whether it be radio, television, satellite, anything, uh, shortwave radios or cell phones, anything that's going to be out there, the news is going to be crazy. It's going to be confusing. It's going to be uh, not good news. And so you can see that these judgments are going to happen in rapid fire. In fact, you can tell by reading them. You get every indication to believe they're going to happen so fast, it's not even going to give people a break in that. But then there is a little break after verse 5. Uh, verse 4, after the third bowl judgment is poured out, it says, I heard the angel of the water saying, Righteous are you who art and who was, Holy One, because thou didst judge these things. And we got into that last week by looking at this is the answer to the prayer of the saints around in the throne in heaven in chapter 6 of Revelation, praying praying and asking God for avenging their blood and all that has happened. Listen to, listen to what it says in Revelation chapter 6. And when he broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God, because of the testimony. These are believers. They died because of their testimony for Christ. Then in verse 10, they cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, without refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Well, this is their answer. This is the answer that's coming to them because of what is happening. And so the angel is speaking out here. Look at what the angel says. Righteous righteous are you who art and who was, holy one, because thou did judge these things. For they, meaning the people on the earth, poured out the, the blood of the saints and the prophets. Thou hast given them blood to drink. They deserve it. You know, that, that's probably one of the hardest things to read, even though we as believers know that we all deserve judgment uh, and, and damnation. We, we just deserve that because we have gone against God. We have sinned. And that's one of the privileges or benefits or things that accompany salvation, which is the forgiveness of our sins. So these people on earth do not have forgiveness of their sins, and so it's going to be a terrible, terrible time. So basically, this is saying in this section, uh, this angel is almost giving the defense of God. The angel speaks in verse 5, and I heard the angel of the waters. That would be the angel associated here with the third bowl who poured out his bowl on the waters and saying, Righteous are you, a holy are you because you did judge these things? In other words, we cannot question the righteousness of God because of this. We cannot question His holiness, the virtue of God. His judgments are right. His judgments is just. And the people now remember this: the people, no doubt, across the world are angry. Man, they're terrified, and they're living example. The one who they're looking to as their savior is the beast who rises up out of the sea, which is the Antichrist. And he uh, pulls a, a, a good one on the world, fake his, faking his death. But in verse 4 of Revelation 13, it says, They worshiped the dragon because he gave him his authority. The dragon is Satan, giving his authority to the beast. And then in verse 5, they were given to him, and there was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies. Authority to act for 42 months was given to him. Verse 6, And he opened his mouth and blasphemed against God, 
to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, that is, those who dwell in heaven. So this is who they're looking to as their Savior. He's blaspheming God. Well, it's going to have an effect on them. So all across the world, people are angry. Man, things are, you know, how, I don't know if you've ever just been irritated. Just irritated. Just, you know, it doesn't seem to have any reason. Well, imagine multiplying that irritation tenfold at least, because I don't know what it would be. And then being hungry, and then being thirsty, and not being able to find relief. And then if you also, well, if you're an unbeliever, you're going to have the sores. You're going to have them, because it says that. Everyone. It doesn't leave anybody out, because they might live in Africa, or because they might live in uh, Hawaii, or the Virgin Islands, or in America, or because they go to church. No. If they receive that mark, that is it. And so they are going to be irritated. They're going to be hot. They're going to be angry. They're going to be confused. And they're going to blaspheme God. They're going to blaspheme God. They're not going to be the ones saying righteous and holy. Uh, They are not going to be doing that. And so we see this. When it says they deserve it. Uh, that is a very interesting statement because we know as a lost person, a lost person before he knows Christ deserves hell. He deserves the judgment. And so that's why we, we it's, it's puzzling for us as believers to look at this kind of a section and, and see something. And, and let me, let, let's go to what it is. Let's look at the next judgment. The next one is found in verse 8. The fourth bowl is poured out upon the sun, and it was given to scorch men with fire. Now, I I can't even imagine what that is going to be like, but the fourth one is going to scorch men with fire. Uh, You know, I've been high. I used to work outside quite a bit. I've I've had all kind of jobs. Those of you who know me know I've had all kind of jobs. I've painted houses. I've... I've, uh, I've just done a lot of outside work. And there are days I can remember painting, standing on someone's roof trying to get to the chimney and it just being so terribly hot. And, of course, living in Florida for so many years, you walk outside in your garage and it's like walking and stepping into an oven and the, the humidity and the heat. Well, this is that's nothing compared to what this is going to be like. Uh, These people will not just get sunburned out in this. People are going to be sun-scorched. Their skin is going to become irritated and blistered and burnt, possibly even first, second, or third-degree burns. Uh, And so John here is reminding us that those suffering sinners know the source of their misery. They know who it is doing this. Now look at this. Watch this, if you will. Look at what it says in verse 9. And the men were scorched with fierce heat, now, that alone would make you mad. That's going to make you mad. Because remember now, there's no fresh water. What are you going to pour on it or help ease the pain? There's nothing. They were scorched with fierce heat. They blasphemed the name of God. Why do that? Why not blaspheme the sun? Why not blaspheme the, the, the car or the door or your, your, your spouse or someone else? Why are they blaspheming the name of God? And the reason they're blaspheming in the name of God is because they know who it is that is responsible for this. I want you to hear that. They understand who this is that is responsible for this. They know who it is. And I want to repeat that. Because 
in doing this, if they know who it is, uh, and this fourth bowl pours out, it be, and this, this judgment is a deadly killer. Uh, well, let me give you an example. Uh, there, there's, there's all kind of articles about the sun and, and, and the, the Earth's atmosphere, but I was reading one that's a, an article uh, this week about some study that the sun indicated that the that sun at its very center is filled with helium, and if it were to expand, could incinerate the Earth as causing the expanding of the sun's hydrogen gases. And this may be what God's going to do. But whatever it is, it's going to be an unbelievable pain. As even the words are hard to read. The sun, the men were scorched with fierce heat. Now, I would imagine the words don't really communicate as bad as it's going to be. But I have, I remember giving a, having a, uh, a retreat in Sandestin, Florida. I would do that once every year, Memorial Day, for, for singles. We have singles retreats. And I remember one year we had one of the girls uh, had never, hadn't gotten out any for the year. In fact, many times Memorial Day is the first time people would get out in the sun with their bathing suits on. And we would always warn them, this is, be careful, don't be out there long. And anyway, this girl got so burned. Uh, it hurt me to even look at her with all the warnings. In fact, we even had them sign uh, papers that we were not going to be responsible. They needed to take responsibility for protection. We even provided some uh, places for, for sunblock and stuff. She ignored it all, wanted to get a year's worth of sun tan. Well, what she got was burned, and they had to take her by life flight to a hospital because she was so burned. I think about that often. I think about the, the, the burning there, and I think about that when I read verse 9, that the men were scorched with fierce heat. And then, in, 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 in response to that, knowing who it is, it's incredible words. Look at what it says. They blaspheme the name of God who has the power over these plagues. And look at what it says. They did not repent so as to give him glory. Well, now, what does that sound like to you? It doesn't sound like they're going to repent. It sounds like they do not repent. Uh, in fact, we, we can read all kinds of places, like in Isaiah chapter 24, verse 3, talks about the earth and the sun uh, and the, the heat that is coming. Malachi chapter 4, looking at the day of the Lord, says, Behold, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, and all the arrogant and every evildoer will be chaffed, and that day that is coming will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. This has to be the end, doesn't it? And it has to come fast. No seas, no fresh water, scorching, blazing heat from the sun. Well, the first question I have to ask is, if they know who's doing this and they don't repent, why do they not repent? What would it take to be living during that time to get you to... Just give up. Lord, forgive me. I, I, am, I have wrecked my life. I'm, I'm sorry. Whatever they need to say, what would it take to be saved? You see, they're so in love with sin. They're so committed to hell and Satan and the Antichrist and the demons that though they see the hand of God, they feel the judgment of God, they still do not repent of their deeds. And you know, we, we've seen this before. We've seen this in, in, in like in Revelation chapter 9. 
if you want to turn back, you can. But in Revelation chapter 9, after a tremendous time on earth, a tremendous influx of demons and demonic activity uh, tormenting men, they're told to torment men for six months or five months. Uh, five months of torment. And then down in, in verse 19, of, uh, of Revelation chapter 9, it says, And the power of the horses is in their mouth and in their tails. And, and this is talking about the, the, the terrible uh, demons that, that are out there coming in, in herds and just swarming. Uh, look at verse 20 of Revelation chapter 9. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues, look at what it says, did not repent of the works of their hands. Verse 21, they did not repent of their murders, their sorceries, their immorality, nor thefts, nor anything. They don't repent. Even though they're scorched with fierce heat, they blaspheme God. How lost can lost be? Or as I have often used the phrase, how blind can blind be? You know, you you can look back at the the lives of the, the Pharisees and when Jesus was walking on the earth, and he was standing in front of these in the temple, teaching, looking right at them. And there they are admitting they're looking for the Messiah, and the Messiah is standing right in front of them, speaking, and they don't recognize him. That's when I say, how blind can blind be? How idiotic can it you be to curse the one who has the power to stop it? How blind is that? How idiotic is that? They know who God is. They know what he's doing. They know he will forgive them because the gospel is being preached. Remember that. The gospel is being preached all over the world. It is everywhere, even from the mouth of angels flying in the mid-heaven. The witnesses, those that are being saved, the 144,000, they hear, they're hearing the gospel, and they will do They will not do anything but blaspheme God. They did not repent so as to give Him glory. It's unthinkable that they would not glorify Him. They wouldn't honor Him as God. They wouldn't worship Him. It's just like their leader, isn't it? Just like the one they're following. In fact, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8. In John chapter 8, I remember when I was teaching through the Gospel of John. And uh, I, I read this verse, and you know we know that before we are a child of God, we are the child of the devil. We know that. And, and verse, chapter 8 of John says, Why do you not understand what I'm saying? Is it because you cannot hear my words? That's what Jesus is saying to these people he's talking to, the scribes and the Pharisees. Verse 44 of John chapter 8, You are of your father the devil. And you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whatever he, whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Well, isn't that going to be exactly what the unbelievers are going to be doing on the earth? As their leader the Antichrist, which is the beast out of the sea, who is giving his, given his power by the dragon, who is the same dragon of Revelation chapter 12, which is none other than... In fact, we'll, we'll go there. We'll, let's go to Revelation chapter 12. And we see that in, in, in Revelation chapter 12, 
Verse 9, it says, The great dragon who was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. You are of your father, the devil, Jesus said to his disciples, I mean, to, this, uh, to the scribes and the Pharisees, and those gathering to listen. And they do not recognize what they're even doing. In fact, Jesus also said in John chapter 8, in fact, I, you, I, I could teach all afternoon on the parallels and the similarities here. Uh, Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 38, I speak the things which I have seen with my Father. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your Father. What did they hear from their Father? Who are we talking about here? Well, Jesus is talking about what He has heard. He's giving pure truth from God the Father above. And he's saying, you do the same. And they do do the same. Unbelievers do the same. During the tribulation period, the, 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 uh, the demon, or the, the, uh, the dragon, which is Satan himself, gives his power to the Antichrist. And we read in Revelation chapter 13, he blasphemes God. Blasphemes God. And so they do that. They hear that. And so they do what he does. Verse 5, there was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for 42 months. He opens his mouth in blasphemies against God. Now let me compare that to Revelation chapter 16, verse 9. And the men were scorched with fierce heat, and they blasphemed the name of God, who has the power over these plagues, and they did not repent, so as to give him glory. Folks, I don't know what it would take. I don't know what it would take even today to hear the gospel, to hear a presentation like this, knowing that this, we, we, we could be just within years of this, because this is at the end of the tribulation, which is seven years uh, have passed for this, and we could be right at the beginning part of the, of the tribulation period. There was the next thing on, the, the, on God's prophetic calendar could be within days, and as the rapture of the church, and then that, that tribulation period would start. Well, let me just ask you, have you repented? What's it going to take for you to turn your life over to Christ? What's it going to take for you to bow down and confess Christ? You can't do it. You can't do it unless you have been drawn by the Spirit to Him. You can't do it, and you won't do it. In other words, you will not do it unless you have been drawn to him. In fact, read, I would suggest you read John chapter 6 sometimes. John chapter 6 sometimes. Listen to what it says in verse 36. But I say to you that you have seen me and you do not believe me. All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and no one who comes to me I will cast out. And then he says in this, I, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And the evidence of the drawing is the confession. It's confessing him as Christ. Can you do that today? Or are you going to just sit and wait and do nothing? Let me tell you, folks, we are close. These are, these are some terrible times coming upon this world. Terrible times that I would not want to wish upon anyone. So I have come to this today as, a, as, a, as far as I can go. I, I thought I could get two of these judgments in, but I could only get one. But thank you for joining me today for another broadcast of Hope from the Heart. Again, this is William Rogers speaking about the book of Revelation, and I invite you to join us next time. Thank you.